Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Who are you? Who are you? In a culture that's obsessed with self-actualization, we feel the constant pressure to ask ourselves who we are and how we define ourselves. We're pressured to identify ourselves by our jobs, financial status, Our successes, our family, our sexual orientation, our gender, our appearance, and what other people say about us. There are numerous ways someone might identify themselves. But what happens to our our identity when things change? We may experience failure or rejection, lose our family. We might find ourselves burnt out. When our circumstances change, our identity, our sense of who we are, can often change too. For example, if someone has their identity wrapped up in their spouse, and their spouse suddenly dies, they can have a hard time coping with who they are. So who are you? What is it that you say about yourself? That's the question posed to John the Baptist by that delegation from Jerusalem. Religious priests and Levites who were sent to investigate this strange wilderness man. How John identified himself can help us to find a reliable answer to this question. Who are you? Those temple functionaries, they came to John They liked keeping tabs on people, especially if someone was behaving in a strange way and bringing a new message from God because they had a good thing going and they didn't want anybody to rock the boat. So they began questioning John. Who do you think you are calling all sorts of people to repentance, baptizing all sorts of filthy sinners, prostitutes, tax agents, riffraff, as if they could just take a bath and all would be forgiven? Who are you dressed in camel's hair, eating locusts and honey, calling us a brood of vipers, daring to call good, respectable, religious people to repent? Who are you, John? Some thought John the Baptist would make good Messiah material. But John knew who he was and who he was not. And so he said, I am not the Christ. Some thought he was Elijah, promised by Malachi, who would come to prepare the way of the Lord. But John didn't want to take that title to himself either. I am not, he said. Some thought he was the prophet foretold by Moses. But again, John denied it. I am not. Even though he did stand at the end of a long prophetic 
line, and he was a prophet in the truest sense of that word. In our text, John the Baptist is described by who he is not. He is not the Messiah. He's Elijah. He's not the prophet. He's not even the light that shines in the darkness. Think for a second about what answers John the Baptist could have given. Well, he was a Nazarite from the time he was born. It means he never cut his hair, never touched a dead body, never drank any wine. He lived a physically pure, ceremonially uncontaminated life. He could have talked about his miraculous birth and how he was filled with the Holy Spirit, even from the womb. He could have told them how it felt to live a solitary life of self-denial out in the desert. He could have talked about his survival tactics and his wilderness in the wilderness and his grasshopper diet. Do you want to go on the grasshopper diet? Uh, he could have talked about his devotional routine or his published a manual of discipline for all who wanted to join him out there in the desert and follow God. But the religious leaders, they wanted him, they sought to make John define himself by one of their prescribed standards. Like John, we live in a world that seeks to define us by its own standards. Your sex, your gender, your ethnicity, your class, your, all your callings and vocations. Those are important. Those are important. But... Our primary identity needs to be one that will never change, that can encompass and give meaning to all of the various parts of our life. We shouldn't think that our jobs or our families or all those such things are not important because they are important. But there is something which is more important, more central. Because notice what John does. He refuses to define or describe himself by the world's standards, or even by his family, or his way of life, or the miracles that happened to him in the past, or his religious vows. His identity does not come from any of those things. John says instead, I am not. And he invites us to do likewise. With all of these I am nots, John the Baptist does actually identify himself. John's answer is that he is getting people ready for someone else. Who are you, they ask? John's answer, a voice crying in the wilderness, nothing more than a voice. John was a witness sent by God to testify, to point to, to direct attention away from himself to the coming one, the one who was greater than John, the one whose sandals John was not worthy to take off, one who actually was the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. He left it to Christ give him his identity. He was simply content with being a voice crying in the desert. Despite his resolute confession about who he is not, who John the Baptist actually is, and why he was there is 
inseparable from Jesus. John talk, when John talks about who he is, it's always in connection to who Jesus is. Have you ever seen a painting of John the Baptist? Almost always a painting of John the Baptist will have him pointing to Jesus. Can you make a similar claim about your identity? Can you respond to that question, who are you, by talking about your relationship to God in Christ? Is your identity intimately connected to Jesus? In the verse right after the end of our text for today, John points to Jesus and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We can know who we are because we know whose we are. We belong to God. He's purchased us with the precious blood of Christ. God has shown you uncalled-for generosity simply because He loves you. Jesus is the one who willingly offered up His own life so that your relationship with God might be mended. All that stood between you and God has been removed. Your sin, your shame, your guilt, your fears, your failure, even your death. It's all been removed and taken away. Christ, out of His great love, He offers you mercy because He offered Himself completely and fully, even to the point of death. This mercy gives you the confidence to know that the worst that is in you, the worst that is in you, does not define you in God's eyes. What defines you in God's eyes is His love for you in Jesus. Our identity is not in our capabilities, our family, our job, or anything that may one day change. Our identity is located in the uncalled-for generosity of God. Our identity is grounded in God's mercy. And that means that when we think about who we are, we need to see ourselves as God sees us. Justified, forgiven, redeemed, deeply loved by God. We no longer need to find our worth in external things. So instead of changing who we are on the opinions of others or our professional success or how we see ourselves or any number of other ways we may define ourselves, God tells us who we are. We're shaped by our relationship to God and to God's people. In Christ, we find our true self-worth. We become our authentic selves only when we're connected to Jesus. The John of the third Sunday in Advent is the John that doesn't point to himself. Instead, he points to Jesus and says, look, there he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world. Sin is unbelief. And it has a tragic consequence. That is, separation. Alienation from God. Being separated from God is to no longer 
know what it means to truly be human. Now, we are, we're all sinners. That's true. But that is not the end of the story. I am a sinner, yes, but I am forgiven, justified, redeemed because of God's uncalled for generosity. And the same is true of you. As Christians, we are people who have died with Christ in baptism. Christ Himself is present and active and works in our lives. Because of the redemptive work of Christ on the cross, we're no longer defined by things which are here today and gone tomorrow. Our identity is in Jesus, the Lamb of God and light of the world. And may that peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.